Hey, B. Hi. Guess what? We got a new Twitch subscriber. Cool. It's They subscribed using a Twitch Prime account. What's a Twitch Prime account? Twitch Prime is when you use your Amazon Prime account to connect to your Twitch account. You get a free subscription. So you're saying if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can have a Twitch subscription to any channel for free? Completely for free to any channel. Any channel? Any channel. Completely free? Completely free. So you're saying if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can get a Twitch channel subscription for things like emotes, subscriber exclusive streams, sub only discords, instant replays, badges, and no ads. And those are just the things our channel offers for free. Completely for free. Just connect your Amazon Prime account. Well, that sounds like a deal to me. Now we're live. Hello! <laughs> we started with our mics. You should be all very proud of me, us. Welcome to Party of Two, where a married couple takes on a world of gods and monsters. I am your GM for this story arc, Haley Bell. And I am your player, Weston. I will be playing as the Sorcerer Cleric. I feel like I'm super off-centered. I don't know why. My whole world is off-centered right now, you guys. Welcome! We are so excited to be here and to continue our character's journey into Contargo. But first, we have a few announcements. Um, Weston, what would you like to tell the lovely people? I would like to tell the lovely people. Uh, if you missed it at the beginning, we did have a little um, ad for you to subscribe. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you can actually get a subscription for free. Uh, you just connect your Amazon Prime membership to your Twitch account, mm -hmm. and it'll give you a free Prime Twitch Prime subscription that you can do. You guys, we had to do that ad so many times, and we had to talk through it so many times just because of that, those Amazon Twitch Prime, Prime, the Twitch Prime Amazon account. Prime Twitch channel subscription. Those <laughs> words were like the most difficult things to get out. So. Um, the final product, while maybe not 100% polished and beautiful, is very us. Um, yes, it is. So, anyway. <laughs> also, uh, as usual, uh, video on demand will be available on Friday. Friday? Yep. Uh, on our YouTube channel at Party of Two RPG. All one word. Yes. Yep. All one word. Uh, you can watch all of our replays there, including there is actually an eight-minute recap of the full, whole first arc, in case you missed that. Yes, yeah, so if you've missed the first 10 episodes and you, want, you don't really feel like sitting through 30 hours of gameplay, which I'll be totally honest, I don't totally blame you, although we are awesome, you can watch that eight and a half minute video and- you. Okay, fine, you can blame me. And you will be able, you will get totally caught up in, in that story arc. And at the end of this story arc, we're gonna be doing a recap as well. Um, we are continuing our donation drive to Utah Parent Center, which is an organization designed to help parents with children that have autism. Our oldest is autistic and we have utilized their services um, a couple of times through our schooling adventures with uh, that whole deal. Um, they offer their services completely free. They work as advocates to the government, to school systems, um, to local organizations and whatnot uh, for parents and they run off almost exclusively donations. So if you feel it in your heart to donate $2. Anything helps, anything, anything helps. Anything helps. Skip, you know, skip your soda, you know, skip- Or uh, your morning coffee. Your morning coffee. To that mom and pop store, Starbucks. Yes, and you can then donate to- Let's put my headphones on. 
you can then donate to this wonderful organization. Yep, they're really awesome. Um, second is, uh, I guess not second, but sort of second, is a podcast. We do have this show in podcast form. You can find that in all of the major podcasting streaming sites right now. We have it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Radio Hem, Radiohead, Heart Radio whatever coming very soon to iHeartRadio and Pandora as well if you have a uh, streaming platform that you really like to use and it is not on it please let us know you can either shoot me a whisper or you can put it in the chat and we'll go through that later um, and we can get it on there there's lots of them out there and I don't have 10,000 years to submit to platforms so if you have a favorite let <laughs> me know um, what's another thing? We do have uh, still at 10 subscribers. We are going to be doing our watch party. Oh, yep. Um, we got some votes last week. Uh, the voting was between Dudes and Dragons or Dragon Slayer. And Dragon Slayer appeared to be the hands down winner, which I am happy about that because I like that show a lot. Yeah. Hi, Reaper. And so uh, as we, uh, the goal for tonight is one subscriber. But once we hit 10, once we hit 10, we will be doing that watch party for subscribers only. Yes, so if you want to subscribe and help us hit our goal for today, which is one, that would be fantastic. Um, if you have your Amazon Prime account, you can attach that. I don't know if we've made that clear at this point. Um, or if you want to skip out on your morning coffee tomorrow morning and support a small streaming site, that would be awesome. That's us. I don't think we have anything else to say. I think that's, I think that's all of it. Okay, I'm excited for tonight, you guys. So with that, we will start into tonight's episode of Party of Two. sure why but it looks like it was the logo was off center <laughs> welcome back so last time we left off our band of intrepid adventurers was were were going into the wilderness to begin their adventure to Cantargo. they were going there specifically to figure out the mystery of a missing leader of the bellflower network and on their journey they went through a fairly enchanted feeling part of the forest where some type of entity was following them along as they were going through. They weren't able to see it, but they could feel it. And at one point, almost fight with it. Because Anduriana has a very difficult time with things she cannot see. After they got through the, uh, the forest, they approached a river area that had completely washed out the path and with their cart and horse they were not able to continue forward so they got off and walked through the the water and came up and over a rise into the crystal canyon an area where all the rock is not rock but crystal quartz this beautiful area and encountered a group of bugbears attacking a merchant caravan and they defeated them, helped heal one of the uh, warriors who was fighting the bugbears before their um, rescue, yes. I guess, and met a possible new friend. So, as you've just saved the warrior, uh, brought him back to health, 
so that he was not not dying anymore. And a portly man comes out from around the carriage that was standing just a ways off from the actual cargo wagon. He's kind of shorter, his longer brown hair that kind of hits his shoulders, but it's pulled back into a small ponytail. He's dressed very extravagantly with silken type robes and a very, very nice tunic, high leather boots that have obviously never really seen anything other than the uh, stone floors of a castle. Human? Human. All right. Human. And uh, he, as he's standing at the edge of the carriage, says, well, if it were not for you, we would have been in a problem, yeah? <laughs> and he looks down at the man who you had just healed, and he says, Ulfric, are you all right? And I imagine the last time I did, a, we ended with me doing a burst heal on yes. everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I imagine, was not going to bring him up to full health. No, that brought him up. Um, just barely. Like, just barely over dying. Yeah, it was a 3d8 toll. So, um, as is going to immediately um, uh, kneel down, because imagine the man's still on yep, the ground. Yep, he's still on the ground. He says, do not move yet. Your wounds are more severe than, than a quick heal. Allow me to see what is uh, what your wounds are and treat and help you. And so he's going to just begin. Uh, first, I, I guess I should probably do a little bit of a uh, diplomacy check to see if he's going to let me <laughs> treat he, his wounds. He reaches his hand across the, the large gash that you had already, with the, your burst heal previously, has now stopped bleeding, um, is beginning to kind of um, coagulate. All of the blood is coagulating and starting to kind of heal uh, slowly, but yes. um, it stopped the immediate danger. He, he grabs it and he says... <clears throat> No, it's it's fine. I I'm fine, and he tries to stand. At which point he does immediately poof, right back onto the ground. And no, you are not fine. But I am a medical professional. I can help. And he looks over at the the man um, who had previously been speaking, and the man nods, and so he sequesters to your request. Okay, uh, sequesters acquiesces. Acquiesces. To your uh, so I'm gonna do a a medicine check. Okay. Um, I'm going to let me check one thing with my skills here. Let's see how s- skilled I feel today. Uh, I'm just going to do a basic. I'll do the basic level um, medicine uh, check, which will um, for t- treat wounds, uh, which will heal for two d8 if I succeed. Okay. Um, double check. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I definitely succeed. That's a twenty-three. Should have done the higher level. <laughs> uh, so that will heal four. That's a three. Oh, come on. Two threes in a row. So another six uh, points of health. Okay. Out my handy dandy calculator because I'm done doing math in my head. Um, so yeah, that puts me at 43. That's almost at health at that point. Okay, good. So you're good. Um, he f- he does feel that flood of. Um, well, this, art. this is not magical. This is oh, this uh, is just you. This oh, is just okay. me. So I'm I'm taking some bandages. I got some ointments, and they're a little needle and thread. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of bind up that wound, kind of uh, do mm-hmm. a little uh, 
that's pure medical. Yeah. So uh, as you're doing there. that, he kind of he doesn't really make a heck of a lot of movement. You can tell this is a seasoned warrior who has not really like he doesn't really flinch all that much at pain and doesn't have a major problem with that. He, however, as you're closer to him, you're able to see him a little bit better. He's got a very strong jaw, blonde hair, back in braids. He is obviously from the northern country, um, bright, bright blue eyes. Um, and he most likely stands almost as tall as you do. So he's a pretty tall guy. What brings you, you both and your, your caravan here to the Glass Canyon? And he looks towards the man by the carriage again. And the man walks over and says, Oh, we are um, on a, a mission, you could say. Uh, we are moving from the outside of Cheliax into Quintargo, uh, and we are trying to suss out the viability of opening up merchant channels again uh, with Quintargo, the capital. I don't know if you, your accent says you probably do not know very much about this country, yes? Uh, yeah, your accent, you said you're from Cheliax, but your accent is <laughs> very much of Ravenel. Yeah. We are just traveling through. We are not actually, uh, I am not from Cheliax, but we are moving from Cheliax up through the merchant lines. So just to see if they work. I live in Quintargo. Ah, and then he turns immediately back to the carriage and yells, Sophie, Sophie, come out. It's okay now. And you see from the carriage this fl slight fluttering and flurry of movement as bursting out of the carriage, even like, a flurry of motion is a mid-teens young woman. Oy. She uh, looks much like her father, except she is incredibly slim. She uh, definitely has a womanly figure. She has very, very long brown hair that has a very natural, beautiful wave to it. And as she passes a large rock to come towards her father, you see the ever so ever so present sim uh, image of a halo above her head. And without looking or seeing anything else, you see her go straight for her father. And she's like, oh, papa, oh, papa. And she starts like touching his face and going all over him. And she's like, are you okay? Do you need any help? I can help you. And she like nonstop, talkie, 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 talkie. And she flips into um, the Revenel language and uh, which for purposes of tonight, because I didn't think up of a name for it, it's going to be French. Um, <laughs> um, Rev Revenise or? Revenise. <laughs> but she is going to, um, she, she flips into French and she just starts going. Um, and Anna kind of looks at you a little startled, like, whoa. <laughs> she just kind of chuckles a little bit. And then she does this. Just looks at you. As looks back at her, sees that, and you see his face darken just slightly. Well, uh, how, how do you feel talking talking back to the the man who he was treating? Ulfric mm -hmm. um, uh, <clears throat> kind of moves his shoulder a little bit, and he can you it's straining just slightly. And it will be it will be sore for a couple of <coughs> days. Your is that your sword arm? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I can I can continue to provide aid. 
um, thank o- you uh, f- over the next you know hours or if we uh, at this point it might make sense for us to travel closer together for protection yeah but we uh, uh, we were coming down the ridge and this clan of bugbears began to track us we thought we could move quickly but I don't know how you came here but it looked like there was a large swath of the road from the overhead that had been washed out so we had to kind of navigate our way through and that's when they caught up with us where in Chilex are you coming from? We ourselves, as, as you can tell from my accent, that I am from Chelyax. Mm-hmm. Where are you coming from? Uh, we came down from Pazic. Ah, sure. So, Along the coast. Yeah, um, like like Sir Sir Michael said, we're just looking at the merchant routes. And he stands up at this point, and he has pretty heavy plate armor on, um, except for, strangely enough, only the breastplate and the um, small tunic bit on the bottom. His arms are completely open and you are able to see the his very intricate tattoos that are coming around, the, all of the blood and stuff that was covering it that you've now wiped off. You can see there's um, a lot of symbology of like wolves and, and lions and like these really fierce, fierce tiger type things. Um, but he, he looks at St. Mike or St. Michael, dear heavens, uh, Sir Michael, and kind of nods at him like, could you please take over? <laughs> and he turns around and starts picking things up. At this same time, Farmer Magdalene has been doing kind of a check of the area and says, uh, comes over and says, have you, have you guys seen any other um, bugbears or creatures or anything like that as you have traveled? Sir Michael's like, uh, no, they, the bugbears begin to follow us, and they, when they did attack, uh, Ulrich, Ulrich did take a few of them down, so probably around the other ridge, you'll be able to find that um, there are a few bodies over there, but otherwise, no, we have not seen really anything, anyone on our travels from Pezik. I mean, there was Karnes that we stopped at, but from Karnes to here, there has been very little. As, um, seeing that he's kind of diverting to, to Michael, Sir mm-hmm. Michael, you watch as he, he uh, turns to face Michael, and you, his stance changes a little bit and stands straight, but not, you know, not challenging, mm-hmm. um, and walks over very light-footed, like kind of soft step, and... Bow gives a slight bow, and I'm going to uh, use my diplomacy to make an impression, uh, okay. as would have spent time in noble courts. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead uh, and give me a check. So, oh dang it, that's only a two. <laughs> but even with a two, uh, it's still a thirteen. Okay. On my diplomacy, um, okay. and he, which let's see, what's uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, you decide if it's success or not. But he bows. And, uh, quite a pleasure to meet you, sir. You appear to be a individual of some import. I see your goods very fine. Uh, y- yes. And as you come forward, he does take a step back and kind of puts an arm back to mm-hmm. his daughter, who um, is 
standing slightly behind, but she's staring at you in a extremely like studying way. And it, you can decide whether or not it's comfortable. I'm not going to tell you how mm. you feel, yeah. but um, it is a very studying look, and you can tell she's trying to suss out. She can she can tell there's something different about yeah. you. She's trying to suss this out, and Anna uh, comes forward and seeing this little little incident <laughs> comes forward and also um, bows, tries to copy you a little oh, bit and she's going to do a diplomacy as well and that is a natural 20 oh wow Boom. so as she as she does it she kind of fumbles a little bit um, trying to copy exactly what you had done uh, but not being practiced in it at all she doesn't do it right or well but this endears him endears her to Sir Michael and he chuckles a little bit and his arm comes back from protecting his daughter and um he says, uh, well, hello, I guess uh, we have not actually been introduced. You just saved our lives. <laughs> I apologize. Very rude. Um, I am Sir Michael Sinclair. I am the official uh, tailor and fabric maker for the Queen. Oh, uh, no, not, not the Queen. Excuse me for the domain. <laughs> it's difficult to remember all the different titles. Um, oh, and this is, uh, this is my daughter, Sophie. And Sophie kind of steps around, and you're able to see her much better now. Um, very, very striking, very beautiful. If it wasn't for the halo, you would most likely know she was an Azimir mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um, and as she's, as, as she's looking at you, um, she leans over to her father and she whispers something in French and he whispers back really quickly. And, uh, she seems slightly agitated at his response and kind of folds her arms and pouts just slightly. Um, and Anna smiles and looks directly to her and says, hello, Sophie, how are you? Um, it's, it's wonderful to meet you. Um, where are you all headed again? You said you're going to Kentago, yes? And Sir Michael says, yeah, yes, yes, of course. And he begins to move forward and pick up the crates that had been strewn all over the ground. Mm. Um, I would like you to make a perception check. All right. That's a natural one. <laughs> I can't roll tonight. Okay. Uh, you see all of the... I know. I was like, do you need quick, to warm Quick your reminder up? for our viewers that you can use channel points to purchase oh, a hero point. Oh, we didn't do that point. as an announcement. Yes, to purchase a hero point for our hero here to be able to re-roll any d20 roll. Which would have been really nice twice tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you're feeling kind and lenient, you can uh, purchase with ch channel points. You can purchase a uh, hero point, which gives one d20 roll. Uh, Weston or mine character Anna can have up to three channel or three uh, hero points at any given time. So if you feel so inclined, we start with one. You do have one. Do I have one? You do have one. So if you want to read. Rolling, no, this is, this is pretty early in the game. To I know, I'm like, this is we're like not even like a half an hour in. No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on it, but still. Ugh. All right, so, um, as you look around, you see just broken carts and fabric kind of strewn all over the place, and um, Farmer Magdalene and uh, Ulfric are already working to kind of get everything back up into the cart itself. Um, did. Do you want to assist in any way? Uh, yeah, well, 
he'll help as much as he can. I imagine this would be an athletics type thing to help lift these. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the cart or some of the boxes uh, or the the crates are kind of broken a little bit. So, I mean, it is helping doesn't just require getting up and putting it on back onto the wagon. You can like gather things. To okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do. And... I'll do some more of that. And actually, um, if you're right, I'll actually use a, my crafting skill to kind of uh, see if any of the goods appear to be damaged or hurt or anything that would decrease their value. Okay. Uh, for him as a merchant, okay. and that's a natural one. Can you can you just stop? Get a different freaking dice, man. We have a lot of them. I have a dice habit. Come on. Can, can I? Can I okay. you, guys, no. It'd be I, nineteen. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna let you reroll that one unless you use your hero point. Um, the most of the most of the merchandise is all fabric. So, um, what you can see yeah. as you're looking at it is that, like, it's dirty. But even, you even know, with that you one, it's still a 13. A, um, you don't know a heck of a lot about fabrics. And so, um, like, you can, you're picking them up and you're kind of dusting them off. Some of them look like they might be a little ripped and torn and unusual, but most of it looks pretty good. Um, any of the silks that did get into the quartz area of the, ca uh, the canyon have definitely been ripped to shreds and that's pretty obvious right. to see. But uh, you both, all, all of you, um, Ulfric, Anna, Farmer Magdalene, yourself, um, and Sir Michael all work together and kind of get everything put back in place and back up onto the wagon. Um, and- he, As will will turn to, to Sir Michael and say, I am a, uh, a medical professional uh, trained. I. Uh, served in many of the noble houses in Chaliax. Now I've, I have decided to leave the country, but I am very skilled. Do you have you been wounded? I would all? like you to make a deception check, please. Sounds great. <laughs> Natural twenty. Uh, plus eleven. That's a, th a thirty-one. Okay, he totally believes you. Um, and Anna's sitting back there, kind of like. Like in her head, she's thinking like, what, what? And Farmer Magdalene, the master of deceit that she is, there's nothing on her face. Yeah, nothing. She knows, she knows exactly what you're doing and she is not gonna say anything. Um, and Sir Michael says, um, yes, uh, if you could travel with us for a time, that would be wonderful actually. Uh, yes, any, uh, would you hurt? You or your or your daughter? I no, I think fully. Ulfric was able to handle most of the problem with all of them, but uh, oh, we yes. we were uh, we were frightened most of all. And the daughter suddenly pipes up again, and she's like, "I was not frightened, Papa. You sent me into the carriage. I wanted to come out and fight." And she see as she pulls out of a, a slit pocket in her dress um, a short sword. And she just swings straight out. And she's like, I could have done it. You said I had to go sit in the stupid carriage and do it. And she totally dissolves into French and starts like swearing. And I don't know any French swear words, so I'm not going to try. Try. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, she gets very, very worked up. And you see her father turns towards her. And they once again begin conversing with each other. And Anna just kind of looks at you like, what is this? 
like, who are these people? This is very strange. And she does sidle up to you and she's like, are you sure you actually want to, like, go with them? Like, it would be good to have others. More people makes attack less likely. Yes, but do you think the halflings that we still have to go back and get, do you think that they're actually going to be able to lie as well as you did? They do not need to. I will do it for them. So what, you're just going to keep them from talking completely? We will see. I will let uh, Magdalene take charge of them, and I will keep Michael's attention. And he's going to walk up. I imagine they're still kind of bickering here. Yeah, the two of them are, are kind of fighting. And you, like, give me give me a perception check really quick. <laughs> um, okay. If you're going to do that dice, where, where's you a, need... Where, where's our, our thing? That's you, still 17. You your... Hey, you guys, they made this. Anyway... That's the 17th still. Okay. Um, you can see this is not an unusual fight for these two to have. Like, there there are, body language-wise, this is an old fight, old hat. They're going over it again. And finally, uh, Sir Michael turns away from her in just frustration and looks at Ulfric and says, uh, could you please see if you could go find the horses? Uh, and in explanation turns to you because he has kind of decided you are the de facto leader of the little mm. party um, and says uh, we had to let the horses go we were afraid the bugbears would actually attack them and then we would have no way to escape so we uh, let them loose as soon as the bugbears came into the glass canyon uh, which direction did they go uh, we sent them that way and he points to um, the kind of north eastern area of where the glass canyon kind of turns and continues down so they had just sent them farther down the glass canyon. Uh, Anna. Uh, yes. Can Bruce help with this? Absolutely Bruce can help. And she, Anna turns and gets down on her knees and she gives him scratches on his head and says, Bruce now I need you to go find the horses. Are there and she turns to um, Sir Michael and says, are there two or were there more? Sir Michael says, I, I do. There were, there were only two. And she says, right. Okay. So Bruce. Uh, Anna, let us, uh, let us get the rest of our party to help. We, we left a couple of friends back in the, uh, path. Right. We did. You go and. I will go, I will go retrieve our friends. Uh, so And Michael. Farmer Magdalene shouts at you. She's already halfway back up the ridge and she's like. I'm on it. You're good. Ah, uh, then yes, uh, we left them. We saw that the bugbears were attacking, and they are not fighters, and so they they were left behind. So we will bring them. Uh, there are three more of our party. And don't forget, we still have a horse. Oh. Just just as a reminder, you know, and Anna kind of rolls her eyes and looks back at Bruce and says, "All right, Bruce." I need you to go find the horses. There are two of them. And then she looks back at Sir Michael. What do they look like? Like, what are their colorings? Because Bruce may be able... Well, well, no, you know, it's probably fine. Don't they pro th wouldn't no, they have fine. what they were bound to, which would smell? No, the they unbound them. That's the yeah. idea, is they slit the... They, they slit them off of the wagon and the carriage, so that they're just running. Yes, but, but the horse smell of the horses would still be on. That's just, I would I would think to true. to bring that to him true, to true. sniff and true, true. Uh, use his tracking skills. All right, so she she takes Bruce over to um, the wagon and the carriage and kind of has him sniff around and she says, "Do you have it?" 
and Bruce kind of shakes his head really quick and um, says to, back to her telepathically, Right, I got it. I'm going to go find him. And he takes off at a dead sprint. And she turns back to you, as and says, Bruce has got it. He'll bring them back soon. Ah. Great. And Wonderful. the daughter, Sophie, said, did you, did, did you just speak with the dog? And Anna kind of smiles and says, he's a very, very special dog. And so Sophie comes and sidles up and starts talking to, to Anna about Bruce and about their special relationship that they have together. Um, as is going to walk up to Sir Michael mm -hmm. um, and uh, um, talk to him a little more. You said that you served the zombie now. Uh, yes, uh, yes we do. I, I am the... I guess you could say the official uh, dresser for the nobility up in Kentago. It's a very small group of people, of course. Um, but Aren't you are uh, one of great importance, then. Eh, not uh, any more import to the have more than one guard, but uh, I guess it, it is true. Well, for... Generally, this area is not so dangerous as this. Well, normally we do not have to go through the Cursed Glass Canyon. Most of the time we can just go straight on the road all the, uh, from yes. um, Karnes and go straight through. This was one of the reasons why uh, the Domina wanted us to go down to Pezek to begin with. is uh, She wanted to see the viability of the actual trade routes from before the fall um, and the separation from Cheliacs. Well, they was most definitely want to send someone to clean out that river. That overflowed its banks, the road is... Yes, right. this is a problem with these areas, is um, the, the river is very, very fast, and during this, the spring and summer months, it, it rains quite a bit, I'm sure you have noticed. Ah, uh, yes. The, the cart is not hurt, yes? I don't believe so. And he begins to walk around and Ulfric has been doing like checking of the of the carts to make sure that everything is okay. Like the wheels and whatnot are, are all good. There is one very large gash from an axe or from um, a scimitar so, actually yeah. um, along the side of the wagon. But other than that, it just seems mostly like all of the things because of the sudden drop and all of the activity just the car the carts car car the packages I cannot keep words tonight um, had fallen off um, and a, you see now um, Farmer Magdalene is coming up and over the ridge with the three halflings and the, the very the, cart? the large workhorse no. not the cart, We're sorry, we the cart, anymore. The cart. Um, but the very large workhorse that's coming up and over and um, they are coming down and Sir Michael sees the horse and he's like Oh, do you have a horse? Uh, we could we could use him quite well. I don't know if the other horses were damaged in any way in the run. I mean, this ground is very rocky. Could we possibly use the horse? And he's he's saying that to you. Uh, very possibly, if your ho one of your horses is injured, I do not know if we have the the means to attach all three. But if one of yours is injured, I am sure that he would be most willing. Uh, what do you mean, uh, most willing? He is quite intelligent, horse. 
Oh, you have trained him well, yes. Yes. Very, very good, very good. Uh, okay, so I guess at this point we should... Um, we, we should move as, as soon as possible. We do not know if there were other members of this band. It would yes, be wise to yes, make yeah. haste. Yes, and Ulfric comes around the side of the cart now sufficiently... Um, uh, he, he's, he feels like it's okay that everything's all right with the cart and he's kind of he's keeping his eyes open and looking around and he says uh <clears throat> I, I agree with uh this one here what is your name again as as okay and the the tiefling who is she the knight is andoriana the knight all right, um, uh, and he studies are really like zones, total scan up and down. Mm. Hell Knight. Previous did not finish her trial. All right. Meant no offense. It's just she has horns, so yeah. Yes. And he um, takes uh, his, he uh, he has a, an axe as well, and he's like kind of getting it buttoned up and back into place. And, and as, as, he, as he says that, things for just a moment, is, well, we cannot all decide our, our parentage. Nope. And then he is going to, in that moment, manifest his halo. Oh. Okay. Um, for just a moment, it will brighten the the area just a little before it then dims again. Sir Michael goes completely slack jawed, like like full on in the face of all shock kind of thing. And Ulfric takes a single step back, and that's the only sign that he shows of like any major reaction to that. But as soon, like after a beat, Sir Michael is able to collect himself and in a almost like not there voice, he, he says, As I said, there, there are reasons I leave Cheliax. It is my kind of not so looked upon favorably. I can imagine it would not be a good thing. And then he turns and he's like, Sophie, Sophie, come here. And she's like, Baba. And she turns around and um, she uh, comes Anna. walking over and she's like, what? And, and Anna's just kind of like, this is the strangest thing. Anna, uh, uh, is Bruce any sign? Uh, not yet. He'll be back soon, I promise. He's not, um, it's like, if the horses, horses run really fast, yes, so if yes. they were going at full gallop, it's going to take him a minute to find them. And <sighs> Sir yes. Michael, Sophie comes into Sir Michael, and and he looks at you again. He says, "Could you, could could you do that again?" Oh, sorry. Could you do that again? And as reticently, does for a moment, concentrates, lets the halo. Sp- pop up above his head. The area lights up just a little bit brighter than it was before. But then quickly afterward, it's there maybe a couple of heartbeats and then 
goes away. And Sophie's hands go straight up to her mouth. And she just stares at you with absolute, total shock. She had her suspicions. She thought maybe. But you just confirmed it for her. And she, in that same type of slack-jawed kind of voice, um, says to you, I have never met someone like me before. Are you real? And she reaches out and she touches your, your he, hand. He kind of, his hand kind of jerks away. Uh, and she, in her, in her like 15 year old state, she doesn't really notice that. <laughs> um, but she, she's just like in complete shock. And Sir Michael says, excuse, excuse our shock. Um, no, it's just, we've, uh, we have never met another Azimir before. <laughs> there are not many of our kind. I would understand that. And I understand uh, your protectiveness of your daughter. Yes, of course. Uh, she has not yet been able to master hiding her halo, so she is not able to hide who she is. And it's like, as he's saying that, he's realizing what he's saying, and he kind of just sidelong looks at her like, sorry. <laughs> I, I understand. He just uh, completely, and he turns it and, and begins speaking to her. And I'm gonna try and make an impression on the daughter. Okay. Uh, now and hopefully I'll roll better than you I got did a better dice. The for him. Uh, yeah, it's oh, a twelve it's plus eleven diplomacy, so a thirty, uh, a twenty-three. A twenty-three. Yeah. And uh, just begins talking with her about you know understanding the, the nature of it and the concentration it can take all the time to to kind mm -hmm. of try and, and hide it. She has bit uh, Did you, you had it all the time before I swear it. It's not just, um, it's not just uh, me. I have always had a bit of uh, an extra incentive to hide it. Oh. And so I worked People, very hard. Were, were the children not nice to you either? No. That mm. that is uh, one way to say it. Well, um, Kentago is a much better place than where we lived before, um, but it is still hard. People yeah. stare, and it is not fun to go into a room. I'm sure you understand, and have everyone stop talking and. They all look at you, and and then when you sit down, then they come and talk to you, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, do you have your wings? And can you fly around the room?" And yes, I understand. But there can be benefits when you know exactly where everyone's eyes are. I guess that is true. It just would be nice if they were not on me all the time. And Sir Michael puts his arm around her, and he's just like. It will be okay. It will be okay. Um, but uh, he kind of like pushes her back to Anna, and she doesn't <laughs> really want to go. Um, uh, but Anna, seeing this, is like, um, "Let me let me tell you a little more about Bruce, Sophie. Come here, dear. It's it's you know what he can do with a stick. It is absolutely incredible." And she kind of starts to usher her back to the front the stick. of <laughs> the merchant cart, considering he hates playing fetch. Um, 
uh, back up to the front of the merchant cart um, to, or not the cart, the carriage to kind of get her out of the way. And he, Sir, Sir Michael, and Ulfric now as well, um, are, well, Sir Ulfric, or Sir Michael is, is very interested in you now. Um, but you, g- give me. Uh, perception Give me check. a perception check. Okay, um, you can tell he is bursting with questions, and he wants to talk to you, but he is not going to overstep. This is which person? This Sir is... Sir Michael. Okay. Sir Michael is not going to overstep, and he is not going to be rude. He is of the gentry. He is not going to um, do anything that would be untoward. Um, Ulfric, on the other hand, really doesn't have any problem with this. Nope. And he... He says, are you going to be a problem? Is this going to be a problem? In what way? Are you going to attract unwanted attention? We have the carriage for a reason. I have much practice in only drawing the eyes when I want to. I don't know. And he kind of looks you up and down. He says, you are an Azimir. They're kind of pretty. That alone is a problem. Well... I can, when needed, detract from it. No worries. If I can survive in Cheliax, I can survive in Ravenel. And Sir Michael interrupts. You have lived in Cheliax this entire time, and you have been in Azimir the whole time. I mean, obviously, you have been in Azimir the whole time. He turns to Sir Michael and says, uh, Sir, I, I, I would beg your allowance. We are traveling to east of um, or is it west? Is it west? Okay. Yeah. Uh, east. West of East. East of Cantargo? Yeah, east of Cantargo. Okay. East of Cantargo, but we need to, to travel through Cantargo to be there. I would very much like to help in any way I can in helping you and your daughter to teach her how to blend. I would appreciate that very much. She, and he looks over at his daughter who is um, talking animatedly with uh, Anna. And he says, she, she has juggled of most of her life in many different ways. Being an Azamir is just one of them. I would very much, whatever I can share in my experience, I would be happy to answer for you. Let me just let me just digest the fact that there are others yes. that we now know. <laughs> it's different when it is a theory and not well, reality. If you are willing to have us travel with you, we will have plenty of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he turns around and you begin to hear the fl- the the very faint pop 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 pop. I can't do horse fans. Down the canyon. These are coconuts. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, but you hear the faint clopping sound of horses coming back at a slight trot. Um, it does sound like there's more than one. And then you hear woo, woo, through the canyon. And you know that's Bruce. Yep. Bruce is coming back with the horses. Um, it does startle the war horse a little bit that we have never named. So we will call him Warhorse. 
Um, Wait, he's not Warhorse though. He said he's like Clydesdale. He's a oh, Workhorse. I, well, he's a Work. Okay, Warhorse, Workhorse. That's the same freaking thing. Clydesdales. They're all Clydesdales. Yep. They're just different types of Clydesdales. It is a Clydesdale. It is a Workhorse. Warhorse, whatever. Um, but he he startles just a little bit at the sound of Bruce's um, exuberance at coming back to Anna, and uh, they all come around the corner, and you see these beautiful um, Arabian horses, the significantly smaller than the workhorse, but very beautiful. Their coats uh, shine in the sunlight, and you can tell they have been very, very well maintained and kept. Um, as they, they come back up, they go to Ulfric, actually. Bruce goes over to Anna and sits down, and she gives him scratches behind the ears, and kind of um, Sophie begins to kind of play with him and, and touch him as well, very excited about having a beautiful uh, Kane Corso with them. And the horses, being as well-trained as they are, they know exactly where they're supposed to be, where they go, and Ulfric very quickly is able to get them harnessed and hooked into the wagon and the carriage. Um, and once he has finished that, he looks at you and uh, Farmer Magdalene with the three halflings who have just kind of been hanging out in the back a little bit and says, uh, uh, before before we continue, there is a few spots inside the carriage. If you would like to go that in there, then we can all go at a quicker pace. Yes, and then uh, there is, of course, the... Uh, the seat in the wagon. Uh, I don't know. We may still need to have some people walk. Uh, well, However, and then uh, I believe we can. Uh, the halflings can ride ours. Oh, and so I can. We want to get in here, okay? Because we did this once before. We put the the halflings. I think most of them will fit yeah, on his three, back without well, any problem. Yeah, he's he's a full he's a full Clydesdale. So it's there's going to be enough space if they're. Um, like front to back. Yeah. They'll be um, fine. I will. Uh, but as you do this, um, Tip is kind of wary a little bit and says to you, is this a good idea? Like. Yes, this is a very good idea. Why? Explain it to me, please, Az. The more people in a caravan, the less likely that wild animals or creatures will want to attack. We get another sword. But if they find out that we're escaped slaves from Jellyax, they could just take us back. The, this man serves the Domina. The Domina of Ravenel has not been opposed to the freeing of slaves into her nation. But... Okay. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And he is going to be so... Wrapped around the fact that I am an Azamir, I do not think you will even notice that you were halflings. And <laughs> she kind of giggles, and you hear Brennan giggling a little bit behind her, behind her, and she says, "Okay, no, no, he, you're, you're probably by right letting there. them know he was an Azamir, he pretty much took the attention off everyone else's race, yeah, and ancestry by that one thing. Yep, you, yeah, basically you did. Uh, they don't pretty much care about anything else now. Nope. <laughs> the only thing they'll remember is that." They traveled with Nazmir. You were totally right. Um, the art of distraction by giving things away. Yes, it was. Yep. So every, everybody's settled. Everybody gets in. Um, are you riding in the cart? I will ride in the cart. 
I'll ride so the you're cart. not going to be in the carriage. Mm, um, sorry, no, I'll ride in the carriage. In so, the carriage with Sophie and Because I'm sure they're going to want to talk to me. Yeah, well, Farmer Magdalene does not want to get on the horse. I think Farmer Magdalene, I will... Um, look, Anna, where would you like to ride? I'll be totally honest. Um, I Do don't like necessarily enjoy walking in full plate. So I would like to not be on the ground. Would you like to ride the horse? And she thinks about it for a second. I know you would like him. I do, but kind of the kind of creature comforts and all that jazz. I think I might want to go in the carriage. Is there room for two? Yeah, there's the, room for two. Okay. It's a four-person carriage. You are welcome. Just know the chatter will uh, most definitely be. It's totally fine. I can close my eyes for a half a second. And you see, um, give me the, give, uh, give me a perception check. Sure you want to use that dice? Just stop using that freaking dice! 14. For the love! Okay. 14. Um, you can see she's tired. She's got, she's got some bags under her eyes. Um, yeah, we can tell she's tired. Would you, do you want to keep on the armor, breastplate no. for the ride? No. Well, hmm. do you think we'll run into any other trouble? Because if we do, I absolutely positively need to have it on. Not with this, not with another horse, a huge horse. <laughs> That's true. That will, uh, I, I do not think we so. We haven't named the horse. I know you have a, a desire to name things. So well, it's much easier than saying horse. And at that, she says it and the horse looks up. Well, considering there are now three horses, now it would be easier. Exactly. So we need to name the horse. And she looks at it and says, Do you, do you have a preference of a name? And it just kind of sits there and stares at her. She's like, no, yes, no, okay. You know, I'm just gonna pick one. It's totally fine. And she, but then she just said, yes, uh, I would like to not be in the armor if uh, at all possible. So, do you think you can help? And she turns around and kind of points. Yeah. To and the so back. he's going to uh, help to get her, you know, out of the the armor. He very much knows how to to do that. Mm -hmm. And Sophie, uh, Sophie, this whole time has been playing with. Uh, Bruce, but as she's seeing this um, happen, she turns and is extremely fascinated and comes over and uh, begins to ask a lot of questions like, well, uh, what does that do right there? The they ties it the, at the front and you bring it down and the arm claps it. And she just like, just like uh, before with uh, her conversation with Bruce is very, she's extremely curious, extremely into the armor and the swords and, and what you guys are doing uh, but with the two of you it only takes about 15 minutes to take it off sir michael is i'm um, standing there waiting at the uh side of the yeah. carriage ulfric is um kind of gone up on top and farmer magdalene um has chosen to get on the seat on the merchant's wagon that's where i expected her to be yep and so she's going to be there with the horses um the i mean the horse is nice and it, like they know what to do so there's not a heck of a lot of need for no, that no, kind of stuff not. so um 
you guys all get into the excuse me get into the carriage yep and begin to make your way uh you are making up for lost time so Sir Michael kind of hits the top of the carriage and says one thing right oh. before we right before we get in the cart he is going to turn to Anna Let's see we do not want them to know who we are or exactly where we come from yeah I figured that one out so thank you please try as much as possible to not react as I lie <laughs> you, she's kind of like oh dear <laughs> you know I can't lie. Deception is not a thing I'm good at. Well, are there windows in the cart? Like, is it have there like glass? There are windows, um, but I'm assuming you guys are still over where you had taken the armor. No, no, off. I, I'm more and more so. Look out the windows and watch the nature pass by. <laughs> All right, I'll try very hard. I'll I pretend will... to sleep. I'll pretend to sleep for, yes. a light, for a large section of wherever we're going, and um, I will keep their attention. Don't you worry. I am very good at this. Okay. I might die nice. in combat against cats and other things, but this I know how to do. <laughs> All right. Um, well, okay, got it. We're good. Yeah. So you both get into the carriage, and um, uh, Sir Michael hits the top of the of the um, carriage and shouts out to Ulfric, um, let's, uh, let's make up for lost time, yes? And Ulfric says, right. And he kind of goes, Hi-ya! and the horses start off at a nice, a pretty quick pace. Um, and you are now on the road to, excuse me, to Canapé. Yes. Um, is there any specific things you would like to speak about in the carriage um i am going to i'm definitely going to talk in very general terms about being an azimir mm-hmm. um i will talk and reassure the daughter that you know you know you'll you'll figure out you know your how to handle the social situations and all that uh but and he is going to craft a story about you know, uh, learning the medical arts and apprenticing uh, with an individual in Cheliax who was kind to him and that he served in a number of different capacities for different noble houses, moving around a lot, never staying in one place too long. And, and Anna sitting there leave. just like out the window. Exactly. Not looking, not looking, not trying very hard not to react. Just looking out the window. The whole time. Um, but Sophie at one point um, does kind of, I'm sitting in front of you, says, um, can, I, uh, can I ask you a more delicate question? Uh, yes. And Sir Michael kind of. What can I do? Sir Michael looks down a little bit and he knows what she's about to talk about. And he's slightly uncomfortable, but he's going to allow it. And she says, um, so, part of being an Azania, right, is that you are more pleasing to the eye than others. Yes, how, that has been my experience. How have you handled uh, when they don't 
go away, away. And Sir Michael reaches out and kind of touches her hand for comfort. There, for his, her comfort. There are things you can do to uh, detract a little. There are also find those who you can trust, those who have an interest in your safety, and keep them close. We, uh, and she looks at her father. We have we have done night am. I have private tutors. I do not go into town very often. I normally stay at home, but um, so sometimes we do have to go to parties and it's very difficult. My father is a very popular man and I am sometimes alone. Uh, but nothing, nothing, nothing untoward has ever happened, thankfully, but um, it makes me very uncomfortable to have the the noble then come to me and speak in sometimes fairly aggressive manner. Yes. When we get to the next town, I will get an item that will help. Yeah. We? Oui? Uh, yeah. I will teach you how to use it to again detract slightly from the. For lack of a better term, perfection, that is a curse. That would be very good, thank you. And if uh, if you could help me make this go away, uh, that would be that would be very nice. It, yes, that it's I like, can. It's like walking around with a flag on top of my head all <laughs> of the time. Well, and yours, you, you do fairly well. It is not... Uh, have you tried to intensify it? Why would I ever want to make it brighter? Because the ability to do the one will help with the other. And then he's going to bring out his and let it glow with casting light spell, which is what it does, and brightens the whole inside of the, the cabin for a moment. At this point in the journey, Anna has actually fallen asleep. She's like been <laughs> leaning against, like pretending to kind of like be disinterested and pretending to kind of fall asleep. She actually did fall asleep. And at the brightness of your halo, she's like, whoa, as. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <sighs> and she kind of corrects her a little bit. And, and uh, Sir Michael just kind of laughs a little bit at this. And then he, he'll again, you know, hide it. Let me help you with this. And then he's going to, through, through a bunch of the, the ride, will mm -hmm. help her through different mental exercises for mental control mm -hmm. um, over the halo. Okay, cool. All right, um, I would like you to roll me a... Hold on, let me think. What time is this? We camped once. Okay, so it's mid-afternoon of day two. Yes. Nope, I don't need you to roll anything. Okay, um, as you continue moving through <laughs> the um, through the this kind of like semi canyony pathy like thing thingy thingy, um, you do eventually end up hitting the road that is the the main road, the main road that's gotcha. going into Canape. And once you get onto that main road again, you can see there are people. 
there are more, um, there are a few people walking, um, maybe a hundred yards, 150 yards forward. Um, there's another small group that you can see in the distance. This is a little bit more traveled, um, especially since Canape is just around the corner. As you continue forward, um, you can see the stress that you didn't realize that Sir Michael was holding on to begins to slowly kind of dissipate. As he gets into as, more familiar settings. Yeah. yeah, as he's getting into more familiar settings and they, um, as Canopy comes into view, it's not exactly a large town. It's also not a small town. It's kind of like this mid-sized little rural farming town, um, but there is a kind of bustling little um, city center where the main road, the main path goes straight into. Um, and as you get into, <laughs> you begin passing um, small homes, little um, kind of homesteads, and you can see there's some children running around and the sound is starting to pick up as it is, it does normally once you get into a, uh, a smaller village area. Mm and you come around a bend and you see the city center and the city center has a fountain in the middle mm -hmm. um which is less actually no it's not a fountain it's kind of like a trickle but it is the main <laughs> it's a trickle <laughs> it's a trickle it's not really a fountain um but there are women there um and a few men getting water and um, there's a lot of, there's quite a few people just kind of standing around talking. Um, it is later in the afternoon, so you can imagine these are people getting their water for the rest of the evening um, if they need it. And there are a few establishments that are circling around the outside. On the far side from where you enter in the city center, you can see a very large um, uh, structure. It is a tavern. It is called the Three Crowns. Nice. The Three Crowns is, uh, it's pretty much the largest structure in this city center. This city center, it's not a city center. This little quad. Mm -hmm. um, and it has uh, two floors. There's bustling music coming out of it. You can, uh, there's a place, a few hitches where um, you can put the horses and the wagons and whatnot. Um, it's obviously like the happening place to be. Nice. The other areas in this in this uh, quad, um, there is a a uh, building that is made of stone that looks to be like some kind of official building. There there are notes and and signs posted on the outside of it. Then um, then there are two larger homes that are also in this quad, and it makes up the kind of the four different sides of this area. Uh, Sir Michael leans forward and kind of shouts out the window. Uh, old Freak, uh, please go to uh, the, uh, the Three Crowns, please. Uh, we, we just need to speak with Effie. She should have everything ready for us. And you hear a grumbling like, coming from the top. You can't really understand it, but you assume it's a yes. All right. <laughs> um, as will uh, turn to, to Sir Michael. We have talked at great lengths about the attention Anazimir can get. Two would most likely get... We would cause an absolute ruckus. So I um, have 
certain tools to help with myself, uh, if you do not mind. Uh, it will change my appearance. Mm, absolutely. And so I'm then going to use the hat of disguise I have. Okay. Um, and uh, just pulls out uh, it's a big, um, wide brim hat. Mm-hmm. Um, that he puts on his head, and then suddenly it will morph into a bit of a beret. Uh, but then watches his beard goes from this white color to more of a light brown. Uh, eyebrows change to a, a dark color. Skin hue becomes a little more tan. Mm-hmm. And he looks suddenly more normal. Still him, but... Still very attractive, but not Azimir striking. Not Azimir striking. Okay. As Sophie watches this happen and says, Papa, you have to make me one of those. That is the... Pro- I could wear it all the time. And then nobody would ever know. Oh, except for the damn halo. We are working on that. Yes. Now, do the exercises. We talked about. We. Oui. And she kind of nods, and she she kind of gives you this like lingering gaze, just a little bit. Can we can we have her do like a a will roll just to see if she can pull it down a little bit? Like I'm intrigued yeah. to see if Az has Absolutely. any has Let's any success she, on on her. Let's see if the hours of meditative breathing and and focus uh-huh. control has done any any good i, I think i'm gonna just make this a straight just make it a straight, straight uh, d20 roll Ooh, okay that's a 15. um so she she closed her eyes for a second and takes a and as you watch it flickers just a second and she opens her eyes. Is anything happening? It doesn't feel like anything is happening. So it went away for a second, but it came back. It flickered. So it didn't go away completely, but it flickered. You are making progress. I am? Yes. <gasps> Continue to practice. I will. I will. No, thank you very much. This, is, this has been very helpful. I appreciate it very much. Well, we are few and must help each other. That is true. There is only a few of us. Well, Anna. And Anna's just kind of like been sitting there this whole time like, uh, why, 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 why? <laughs> why? Just why? How did this all happen? <laughs> um. Do you guys pile out of the out of the um, carriage and Ulfric ties the horses off onto the Mom. rail and or the the tie off? And we've got our horse there, um, yeah. which I'm going to so I'll walk over there. to horse. <laughs> we still haven't named him horse. Um, and and tip uh, farmer Magdalene has already hopped down off of the wagon. She maneuvered the. Um, the merchant wagon over and um, same thing. She kind of hopped down and even though she doesn't like these the horses at all, the Arabian horse is not a freaking workhorse so she's able to kind of handle it and she gets it all tied off and whatnot. And uh, he'll, he'll look up at him we should name him Siegfried. Why Siegfried? Siegfried is a strong uh, Chilaxian name. It is a an individual of legend. Oh. Was a strong warrior. Okay. She looks at the horse and says, So, are you okay with this horse? I mean, Siegfried? I mean, Siegfried? Yes. 
and the horse pauses for just a minute and then kind of shakes um, his head in what you could only assume is a yes. <laughs> um, and then he will um, uh, speak to him. Siegfried, do you wish to stay with us? Or... He kind of he kind of paws at the ground a little bit and looks left and right, and the the halflings are off his back at this point. Yes, yeah. you see as he turns around and walks away. Well, it appears that but he we is. We just named him. This is see. The we shouldn't have world. named him Siegfried. He didn't like it, and he left. I'm sure he would have preferred a uh, Taldoran name. Bob. That is not a Taldoran name, I would just like to say. Or Richard. <laughs> would that have been better? Like, we we could do Ricard. Would that have been, that would have been much better. And the both of you are bickering, and uh, Sophie is just kind of standing right next, like she's kind of sidled her way up to you as, and is oh, just geez, kind of standing no. next to you. And Anna notices her and she says, we should go inside, yes? Uh, yes. Yes. And uh, the... Sir Michael, you have a contact here? Y- yes, uh, the, the, owner, uh, the owner of the establishment, her name is Effie. Uh, and yes. she is absolutely wonderful. And uh, she, we had already arranged for rooms, but I imagine... You have been such an incredible help. I would love to pay for your rooms myself this night. So do not worry. Food. Oh, sir, and I any- could not no, impose. No, 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 no. I will do it. You have saved our lives. Without you, we would have been dead. So, um, and over it kind of <clears throat> at that. Sorry, over you are on the ground <laughs> almost dead. Get over it. It's true. Um, but you all make your way in. As you open the the beautiful doors, um, you do as you get closer to the building, you do see it is it is a beautifully crafted um, building. It is not just a thrown together with a bunch of slabs of wood. This was well thought out and um, probably one of the first establishments that was put up in this town. Very, very well loved. You open the doors and you see um, a very large opening um, with a bar on the far, on the right side, okay. and um, uh, tables, chairs, a small stage is set up in the far left in the back. There's a very, very large hearth or hearth, depending on how, how the way you, you want to say it. it. Yeah, I say hearth. Anyway. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's not like people have gotten on me about that before, um, but it's it is no. a very large um, hearth, and it there's a there, it's roaring kind of fire is uh, coming out of it. Very very yummy yummy smells are coming out of the kitchen area back behind the bar, um, and Sir Michael. Nobody really takes a notice of you guys as you come in until Sophie steps into the room. Yeah. As soon as Sophie steps in. Um, the newfound confidence that she has begins to wilt and she takes a step back into her father um, who just wraps an arm around her shoulders and the the, sm- the muttering that had kind of quieted down just a little bit uh, begins to pick up again after a beat or two and Sir Michael with, with Sophie in tow walks over to the uh, bar and just kind of taps it twice 
and from around the corner by the kitchen comes out a very plump, pleasant, sweet-looking woman, um, about 45, 50 years old, and uh, she comes straight up, and she's like, oh, Sir Michael, it's so good to see you, and she gives him two kisses on the cheek, and he reciprocates, and uh, she, he says, uh, Effie, it is, it is an you are a sight for sore eyes, my dear. It is absolutely wonderful to see you. Hi, our, our room's ready. We need, oh, oh, and she turn, he turns and points to you and Farmer Magdalene and Anna and the three halflings. <laughs> a lot of people in tow. And uh, says, uh, we, do you have enough rooms tonight for, for our guests as well? Uh, we had a bit of a trouble with a small bugbear clan and uh, they happened to save our lives. So, is there another room? I know we only booked the two, but uh, could we possibly have us two? And she, he looks at you like, how many? Two. Two more. Okay, two more. Two more. I, I, so do. If you, you could have two more, that would be absolutely perfect. And Effie kind of looks at you with kind of a, like, hmm, well. And then looks at Anna um, and... Anna's a little, and it, he'll he'll turn to Anna. You can room with Farmer Mag with uh, Magdalene uh, and uh, Tip, and then I will go with Stephen Brennan. Oh, we're just going to split boys and girls. Yes. All right, sounds good. Perfect. How else would we have done this? I don't know. I kind of figured the halflings wanted to stay together, considering the fact they were so nervous about coming here to begin with. And Sir Michael is just still staring at you guys. <laughs> and. Anna's like, oh, perf- absolutely perfect. Thank you so much. And he turns back to Effie and he's like, or Effie, uh, Effie says. Could I do a perception check on the room? Absolutely. What are you trying to perceive? I want to see, are people going back to their drinks? Are people going back to their, their meals? Or are they still staring at this new group that just mm-hmm. came in? 24 is the rule. The people know closest to um, your, our little, your little, our little party are very aware. But the farther back into the large room you get, the less interested people are. They're not staring at, what's the daughter's name again? Sophie. No. They're not all staring at they're not staring No, at they're Sophie. not so staring right. at Sophie anymore. Um, the, the, I mean, the people closest are very interested in what's going on because first off, there's a, an Azimir and a Tiefling in the room. Yeah. Um, which is quite shocking. And they're a bunch of halflings. And then a whole crap ton of halflings, <laughs> which this town may not have ever seen halflings before. Um, uh, but uh, Farmer Magdalene does kind of grab you really quick um, and says, if we're going to stay here, we need to stay on the down low. Yes. So I, I, we can't like leave. So if we are going to get rooms, we need to get them so that there's like shower or like bathing and whatnot. Like we're not leaving the rooms while we're here. This is not the safe house. Mm. So we have to be very, very careful. And Farmer Maglin does. Well, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> you and Anna, you can leave. But well, I don't. Anna might bring attention. I will see what I can do to, uh, to help with Sarah. True, true. Okay. She's just like she's like. I just want to make you aware of this because we're kind of diverting from the plan by like hooking up with these people. Anna and I will get the needed uh, 
provisions. Okay. Uh, you are right. I would recommend that the halflings all stay in the same room. Are, yep. Agreed. Okay. And then she just kind of takes a step back. So Effie, just watching this exchange, is like, so we are doing four rooms then? And Sir Michael's like, we, we, four uh, food as well for absolutely everyone. Um, if there is any tables down here, that would be wonderful. We can sit, enjoy the music, uh, and enjoy the food, and have a wonderful time. Yes? And Effie just kind of smiles, and she says, absolutely everything, anything for you, Sir Michael. It's wonderful that you are here. We were surprised that you didn't get here sooner, considering we were expecting you much earlier today. And he's like, yes, yes, I know, I know, I apologize. And he goes on to explain the encounter that they had previously with the bugbears. Um, but very soon, uh, your rooms are ready, um, if you would like. A, a few tables have been kind of cleared. People have left. It is a little bit after dinner, so people are kind of finished with dinner, and they're they're moving away. There's just a, a lute player and a lyre player um, in the corner just playing some soft music for the evening. Um, and you are welcome to sit. You can go to the bar and get a drink, go up to your rooms, whatever you'd like to do. Um, I'm going to get the halflings into their rooms. Um, and then... And Tip's going to say, can, 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 you make, can we get some food? Can you... Yeah, I will, I will make sure okay. that we get some food. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and then Az uh, is going to uh, head back downstairs, but he'll... he'll Say, I am going to run some errands. Do you want to accompany, or would you prefer to rest in the room? Um, saying this to Anna? Yeah. I can come with you, watch your back. Make sure you don't, you know, die by cat attack. There are many cats in towns. <laughs> and he's going to walk downstairs, um, and then the, the innkeeper's name... Effie. That's Effie. E-F-F-I-E. And he'll, he'll walk up. Uh, and, and he's got his disguise on, but still a good, uh, a handsome-looking individual. And he, I'm going to attempt to make an impression on her. Okay. Um, Diplomacy. Uh, it's a 15. Oh, nice. Plus 11. So she's, that's a 26. She's definitely, she's definitely impressioned. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, He's just going to, um, you know, talk about how wonderful her inn is. So uh, thank her so much for the additional rooms. I know it was short notice. Um, no, absolutely. Of course. No, this is fine. We have we have many rooms. And as the merchant, as the merchant routes begin to open up more, uh, we do plan on expanding into the back. And she goes into a little bit of their plans for the next uh, couple months. As, as you might have noticed, uh, some of our party are short yes it's it's interesting to see a couple of halflings here we we get one or two maybe a year but to have four yes that yes. is a little surprising they, it is a long journey and with little feet comes much tired and she puts her hand out and says say no more say no more i will have the food sent up to them ah, thank you very much uh, also, do you know where is there a location here where someone might Purchase some cosmetics. Like makeup? Yes. Um I didn't really you know you know, it's fine. you know, to each their own. Um and he she So Michael asked uh the, his daughter prefers not to leave. 
zero. That is true. Uh, Sophie is a very is a very sweet girl, and she does attract a lot of attention. I can understand that. I am I'm nearly running an errand. No, no, it's it's totally fine one way or the other. Um, and she points uh, to the stone, like through the wall, to the direction that the stone uh, building was, and she says, "Well, that is." The, the building right next to us is kind of our community store. Um, it also works as like our government building. Uh, the only problem with that is it's closed. Ah, yes. So, uh, but it does open at first light in the morning. Uh, most of the time we do have packages that come in um, very, very early uh, coming down from the south. Um, so you can go tomorrow morning there, be totally fine. Ah. But tonight, not so much. It's kind of not. Thank you. He's then going to, I'm going to turn around and I want to survey the room. Okay. And I want to kind of use my underworld lore Mm. and see anyone in here seem a little seedy. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and give me a perception check. Uh, Am I I using my underworld? Yeah, your underworld lore. Uh, It's a 23. It's a 23. Okay. Um, Most of the people in this tavern in look exactly what you would expect. Hardworking folk, uh, farmers. There's uh, some people. They they look like they might have come in from the fields for dinner. Um, there's a, a few nicer looking individuals. One that could very possibly, with the way that he's holding himself, be the mayor of the city. Uh, but uh, you don't see anything suspicious. No, I, no, no younger, like rough, a little bit rougher individuals. What you do see with that role is in the far back corner um, opposite from the stage. There is a, a table of men that are, just three of them, they're quiet, they're not talking to each other. Uh, they are a little bit darker in appearance. Gotcha. Not Perfect. in complexion and appearance. Yes. They're just, they've got the Huddled, darker clothes. They're kinda, yeah. yeah, they've got darker clothes. They could very possibly be rangers. Um, they are not Strider. I am not creating Aragorn in this story. No. Um, but they are. Um, they they could possibly be rangers. Um, uh, but they they might be somebody you, that kind of like flags. As is gonna to walk up to the the table. And Anna standing back there like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What do you ask? What are you doing? Yes. And then as you walk away and you're completely ignoring her and she's just standing there at the bar like, oh dear. He just kind of stands next to the table, puts his hand down, taps it just a little bit, just to get the attention over there. Mm-hmm. Says, uh, "Fine gentleman." Said that kind as of. As soon as, as soon as you um, come up to the table, you tap, mm-hmm. and the they're they're sitting at a tripod at a triangle, mm-hmm. and the one to the left reaches out and grabs your hand with an incredible amount of strength. All right. And turns and looks up at you. And he lets you go. And he says, uh, Yes? You look like the individuals who might have an idea of where someone might find a good game. What kind of game are you looking for? Well... My pockets are light, and I'm looking to make them a little more heavy. <laughs> and you see, he 
he has um, definitely a touch of roguishness to him. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly unkempt, dark brown eyes. Uh, his hair is very disheveled, but pulled back into um, a, like a leather strap. And he kind of Z- sits back and says, what makes you think that we would be the ones to uh, want to gamble with our money? Oh, no, no. You misunderstand. This, I am new here, and this establishment is a little too nice <laughs> for my taste. I do simply thought I might ask if you knew of a... Uh, place where a little more interesting in the town. This gentleman leans back and he looks at the companion directly across from him and he says Well, Victor, do you think there's any place that's more interesting than this? And Victor looks up at you pinched face, (laughs) very narrow jaw, and he says the this is about as interesting as this place gets. Ah. So, I don't know what you were thinking, but this is not... I'm, and the person in the middle just starts laughing hysterically. And he's just like, what, what do you think? We're a bunch of ruffians? What is going on here? Ah, well, too bad. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. And the, the first one tells you to, to kind of stop and says, What are you looking for? Really? I am looking for a good time. And this is too tame. You came in with that group, the Azmir girl. Yes. And the tiefling. You make strange company. You noticed the gentleman. Which one? The gentleman. No, you talking about Michael? Yeah, I noticed Michael. Everybody notices Michael when he walks in <laughs> this room. Yes. He is... Well, spending time around him is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and this, uh, this, this individual... This yet unnamed individual does kind of like throw his head back and laugh a little bit. <laughs> we live tomorrow. Little, uh, the uh, the the uh, noble hoity-toity twite are normally kind of yes. And boring. so I we leave again tomorrow. I am simply looking for some time around different company. Unfortunately. There really isn't anything here. I, you ah, know, sure. you get closer into the country, you're definitely going to find stuff like this, but out here we're too small still and you hear a light lilt of sadness about that So we just are a couple of rows why don't you grab a drink, you and your tiefling friend back there who looks like she could stab you in the back oh yes, uh, why don't you guys uh, why don't you bring your rounds over and you sit with us Anna, he calls her over and uh, Anna comes over, still looking like she's going to stab you in the back. <laughs> um, um, Sir Michael and Ulfric um, and Sophie are no really nowhere to be seen. You can imagine they're up in their rooms. Same thing, you know. Sophie being the center of attention always is not going to be eating nope. down here. Um, 
but Anna comes over and she has with her two tankards of ale and uh, sits down and at the, the proffered chair that this gentleman has offered. And she sits down and puts her drink down and puts your drink down. And uh, there's nowhere else to sit. So you're going to have to grab a chair from another table. We go there was only grab, four. Grabs one of the chairs and as leans down, he says, puts down a, a silver. Mm-hmm. Says, I bet you is that silver that this tiefling can drink you under the table. <laughs> and he puts his hand out to, to take yours and to like formally, he's like, well, let me formally introduce myself if I'm going to be stealing your silver. I'm Boris. This is Kartak. Friedrich. You're Friedrich? Yeah. And who is this beautiful woman sitting here? And Anna kind of looks at you. This is Anna. Well, thank you very much, Friedrich. Sure. I'm Anna. It's very nice to meet you, she says to um, Boris. And- Anna is not a unique enough name that <laughs> it's going to draw attention. <laughs> no, um, but with that, we are going to take a break. Okay. Sounds great. All right. So, we are taking a break. Holy frick, it's 10 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going by very, very fast. All right. Quick break. Uh, we'll be back in... Um, we will be back in about 10 minutes, and our goal for tonight has been um, for one subscriber. One subscriber. Who knows subscriber? I don't know if I, like, what am I doing with my voice? Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, but we are going to go on a break, a 10-minute break. We will be back for more adventures with these three ruffian rogue-type characters that Az has felt so inclined to go find. Yep. All right. <laughs> See you guys in 10. Bye. Bye. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. We hope you had a wonderful little break. We are going to jump right back into the story. So, um, Az and um, Anna, well, what, what, what was your name again? Frederick? Uh, Friedrich. Friedrich. Friedrich and Anna are now sitting at a table invited by a, a trio of roguish type characters that as uh, spotted from the uh, from the bar yep uh, so we I just uh, told him that Anna could drink him under the table mm-hmm. and I put down a, a silver uh, betting him on that yep and Anna Anna looks over at you and uh, says you think extremely highly of my ability to drink well You've never actually seen me drink. No time like the present to test it out. Oh, good heavens. So she looks over at uh, this individual and she said, "Um, So, uh, what is your name again? Brutus. And he's like, Brutus. My name is Brutus. She says, Well, I am Anna, as Friedrich so wonderfully already pointed out. Are you interested in having a drinking contest or not? And he just kind of chuckles and he says, well, ma'am, I don't know if I have ever turned down a drinking contest from a beautiful woman. And Anna kind of works an eye and says, you can stop with the flattery. Really. It's not attractive. As as look, pipes in, there's a, how often have you been challenged to a drinking contest 
by women. Does this happen often in Ravenel? <laughs> and he chuckles and he says, uh, no, uh, but um, apparently my attempting to be slightly flirtatious with the lady is not working. And as as belt back, head back laughs kind of a little over the top mm-hmm. and says, uh, I will uh, tell you that you'd have a, a better chance with a porcupine <laughs> than with my friend here. And Anna reaches out and just smacks you across the <laughs> arm and is like, excuse me, thank you very much. Quite complimentary, uh, this one. Jeez. And she looks at Brut- uh, Brutus and says, absolutely. Now, where's your dog? He's been outside with the horses. Oh, he's outside he's with the horses. Okay. Yeah, he's just chilling with the horses. We, uh, so, Bruce, we have... Uh, so, no, no, no. So, Anna then says to Brutus, well, I think you and I have a deal. Let's see who can drink the most, shall we? I've never actually done this before, so this will be very interesting. And he kind of just chuckles and he's like, only if you want to. And Anna smiles and says, absolutely. And she raises a hand up and um, a, just a younger younger girl comes over um, and says, uh, Hi, uh, yes, what can I do for you, miss? And Anna says, I want you to keep this table completely full. All right? Drinks all round for this table. And if any of us ends up having an empty glass, I want you to bring another one immediately. Do you understand? And the girl says, yes, yes, miss, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, so should I get three, four more? Three more, three more, three more. And Anna nods. Three more, darling, and keep it coming. Actually, make it six, so we just have another round sitting here. And she's like, okay, okay, great. And she takes off. So uh, Anna takes your drink as and pulls it across the table and gives it to Brutus. Says, all right, are we starting now? Now, wait, wait, wait. We have to have parameters to this. Is this like just chugging it? Or is this like drinking it and we're going to get food and we're going to drink it? Like, what are... I've never done this before. And she's looking at you as, like, you're the one who brought it up. Bruce, you are the one going to be drinking? Um, Do you have an opinion? Well, normally when you do a drinking contest, it's straight up. So... I want to do this. We do it straight up. And Anna's like, all right, fine. Okay, we'll do it straight up. But can we pause to eat at least at some point? I am particularly hungry. And we're just like, absolutely. Victor across the way says, we we wouldn't we wouldn't ever stop with the food. We we definitely like to eat. We're out in the mountains all the time, and it's kind of nice when we get to eat some food at a normal establishment like this. Well, I will be right back. I will go talk to the, the owner. And I go over, talk to Effie, mm-hmm. uh, and say, what, uh, what's the special? We um, have some venison, which is particularly good this night. And uh, we also, we have normal, our sheep. We've got a few sheep farmers in the area that we get a supply from. So the sheep is really quite good uh, if you would like cost? to do that. Um, yeah, Sir Michael said all of your stuff is on him, so... Ah, well, then we need uh, one for each uh, individual at that table. Mr. Michael said for you, we're not paying for 
he's not paying for the other gentlemen. Then what so is the the cost per for the for the meals? Um, it's like like two, you know, like a silver for the veal or the venison and like a silver. A silver is like a daily wage. Okay, you guys are not good with money. Copper? copper, yeah. Okay, like, like a couple copper, dollars. like like three copper for the for the venison and um, for for the lamb. So he'll put down a like silver. Four copper. He'll put down a silver for her. He's like for the meals. All right, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, it'll be out to you in just a little while, okay? Uh, thank you. All right, and she takes the money and she tucks it into into her little like. A, like what an apron there we go there's the word um tucks it into her apron and she turns around and and she walks off um there is another little bartender there that has been getting the drinks um together for all of the for the rest of the table and kind of looks over at you and says this is for your table right yes all right does the, the whole like circle circle hand and then put it on the table yeah kind of thing but she grabs she well she kind of brings over the tray and you kind of walk back to the um to the table and sit down and anna is sitting there um have, have about halfway through the ale um and brutus has completely finished her his and she's just like i don't i don't understand why this is fun sorry I don't understand why this is any fun. Get a couple more down, and I hear that's when it really hit. Really? Because yeah. it's not very good either. I mean, this ale. And Brutus kind of chuckles and says, well, this isn't what drinking is about. It's not about tasting good. <laughs> and I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I get it, I get it. And so she lifts it up and all the way back, and she chugs the rest of the drink, and she puts it down. Ah! <sighs> I cannot say that is refreshing. As why did you get me into this? This is having a good time. Uh, so he's then gonna. Uh, he, he starts kind of just asking general questions about the area. They're come. They come in, so they're out hunting. Kind of just making that impression, getting to know these mm -hmm. individuals Make and a seeing if there's check. any gossip he can. Uh, ooh, nice. Uh, so that is a 25. 25. Okay. Um, you... Yep. Through your conversation, you do glean a couple of bits of information. As the drinks flow more and more, you do begin to... Yeah, my whole plan for that drink contest was to get him Get him drunk. drunk. Get them drunk. Um, <laughs> as, as the... As the drinking comes to go, continues to go. The the gentleman in the middle of the three of them kind of ends up just like putting his head down a little bit, and he's not like far gone. It's not like he's passed out drunk, but he's you can tell he'd had a couple before, and he's kind of just getting sleepy. Yeah. So he's kind of he's like going going down for the night, and Brutus kind of just taps him on like on the back and is just like, "It's all right, bud. You can you sleep here. It's fine. I'm sure Effie won't mind." And Victor's like, <laughs> Effie doesn't ever mind. We bring her, we bring her food. So of course she doesn't mind when we when we have things. It's fine. So <laughs> Anna's the, just like just, the venison is yours. Yeah, we caught it this morning just over the glen, uh, just past the glass canyon, actually. Ah, by the glass canyon, I we saw that on our journey here. Quite a sight. Yeah, yeah. You know they say it's cursed. How so? Well, 
And he kind of looks around. He's like, we're not really supposed to talk about it. Because there's been a lot of life lost in that canyon. So the townsfolk don't really appreciate it when we talk about it all that much. But the rumor is that it was cursed by a witch quite a long time ago. uh, Which is why there's always this strife. But essentially, there was a giant dragon-like creature that came down at some point during the Taldor Empire, so quite a long time ago. That would be a long and, time. And uh, rent in the center a gash into the into the ground, and it wounded it so deeply that it, it actually opened up what's now the Glass Canyon and exposed that area. But they say that the witch that came along after cursed the ground because the dragon had killed her family. So that's why they say there's lots of problems in that area. We have a lot of missing people and things like that. It's a beautiful site and there have been wars fought over it, but it's a place of sadness and sorrow, so we yeah. kind of stay away from it. We, we hooked up with uh, Michael in uh, Pezik and uh, traveled with him and they had the the rains rained out the road and so we mm. had to go the via the glass canyon to oh to come. hot damn so you've actually been through the glass canyon yeah well then that's interesting you know we go around there often but we don't like really go into the glass canyon what's it like on the inside uh right <laughs> Well, the horses don't like it. Uh, hard on the feet. I can imagine horses wouldn't like that area at all. But we we did run into uh, a couple bugbears. Oh, those the nasty canyon. buggers! They've been coming out uh, of the forest more and more lately. They something seems to be spooking them. They're coming out in packs of four, five, six. The largest we saw that we were able to circ- uh, circumvent was a group of ten. Which is really unusual. Oh, that is a lot of bugbears. Yeah, and the the, the need leader was really nasty. He had an entire necklace of, of uh, ears, it looked like. We were up in the trees at the time, thankfully. Left no scent for them to track. But it's it's been it's is been it dangerous. Safer up, as we continue north. Absolutely safer up north. Yeah. yeah we, Victor and uh, and I and uh, our little party, we're planning on actually heading north soon. Uh, Kintargo, the Council of Peers is coming and they always need more help with gathering food and whatnot, so we're heading up there next. The, the Council. Wait, your accent, and Anna at this point as well, has kind of like, she's been slightly enamored, but the fact that she never drinks, huh? ever, She's kind of like in this woozy place. Well, you want to roll fortitude save so, for her? So yeah, she is. She I was actually just about to do that. Um, <laughs> she is kind of in between whether or not she's like. I'm wanting to see if she's drunk or anymore. natural twenty. Oh geez, it's eleven. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You have a pretty high fortitude though. I know she has a pretty high fortitude. Sorry, I wasn't expecting how to do this today. Uh, so it's a 22. So she's she's still okay. She's still all right. She's on her feet. She's fine. Um, but she's definitely starting to feel it. She's getting a little like 
but um, she says, uh, yeah, so where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Pesic. Over the border in... You're in Chelyaks. Yeah. Well, I explained your accent. How exactly did you get past the guards in Pesic to get back here? Uh, we signed up to help Michael. And he had the connections. Hmm. It's, I mean, it, is it as bad as they say it is down there right now? I mean, this is one of the reasons why we don't have a lot of commerce, as they say, is because of those bastards down in Chiliax. Yeah. The, the, they are not too happy at the rebellion, as they say it. Well, the liberation. As it would be said here. Yeah, well, you know, Revenel worked mighty hard for it, and uh, there's a lot of problems over in that But region. it was, uh, they can't do anything because it was legal. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And those, uh, in the contract. those odious worshipping bastards. Uh, and Anna's like, <laughs> as. Must keep to their contracts. Yep. All of those contracts are very important. Those those contracts that were signed by things. And, you know, food has come and you guys have eaten and stuff. Um, <laughs> and she starts, she picks up a fork and just starts kind of twisting it a little bit. And Brutus looks at her and says, I do believe I you owe me a silver. He slides it over. He put it on the table earlier. Just slides it over to him. <laughs> he, he takes it and he says, very kind. But and he pockets it. I think I had better get my companion to her room. Absolutely. Uh, let me... You know, you had a question um, about something I said. As you mentioned, the, the council. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the council appears. It's, it's an annual council of all of the major figures, uh, figureheads within uh, within Revenel. So we got the people from Vire, uh, we've got the Strikes, we've got, you know, the Elves. Everybody comes together, including the seven families of Kentargo as well, and they meet, and there's a big hullabaloo, big ball thing, and I'm surprised Sir Michael hasn't talked to you about it. He's dressing half of those a lot anyway. He, he mentions that he was, uh, it was for an event that uh, we were bringing all this. Uh, yeah. Well, you, that would be that would be the event. But then. you you seems like a more of a man of the wilds of the of the hunt. Mm -hmm. Why are you heading for the the council? The merchant lines have all fallen apart. They can't get food the way they used to. And there's only so much seafood that people like. So our little trio, we uh, fairly good hunters. And uh, they always pay pretty well for fresh meat that's come in from the mountainside, not just from the sea. Ah, so if I manage to get some venison there, I will... Uh, more than likely, and he kind of, think of nods. You. He's like, more than likely, it's from us. But yeah, you, you be careful with that lot, though. The council appears, there's a rumor that there's a representative this year coming from Chelyax. So be careful. Right. If you speak that way around them, 
<laughs> what am I saying? They're not going to let you in. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, no, no. He laughs and kind of hits the table. And he's like, all right, well, you get your companion to bed. She definitely looks like she's two sheets to the wind at this point. Yeah. And Anna's just kind of twirling the fork and like watching it spin. <laughs> and is like, as? I mean, I'm so sorry. Friedrich. As for what? Friedrich, my good friend, Friedrich. Wait, was that your name? I don't remember. But this is my good friend Friedrich. And Friedrich, look, 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 look. And she picks up the she, she shows you. As it whirls, she says, the two on the outside, the two point, they spin. Look, what I, is your name? What is my, what do you mean, what is my name? Do you remember? Absolutely, it's Indriana. Yeah, let us get to bed. I'm fine. Why are we going to, we're having a wonderful conversation with Brutus. Brutus has been a mm. pleasure. Do you know, Thank I you have a dog, I have a dog named Bruce, and as she's, she's like turning around to say all of this, you just kind of very gently take her in your arms and kind of just begin to, move. she's like, she's like, but no, he needs to know Bruce, because the names are so alike, it's just like, he's fine, he, they would like each other, and they're both and black. And I roll a tw and 12 on my athletics check to try and lift her, I'd have no athletics. <laughs> So it's just the straight 12. Well, just to see if I can just get her on her feet. <laughs> well, she's definitely like, okay, 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 Friedrich. We can get up now. It's fine. And she gets up and kind of stumble walks um, to the stairs. And um, she turns around and she says, goodbye, Brutus. And goodbye, Effie. And all of you beautiful people. And as, as you're walking, he takes a, a, a leaf mm -hmm. um, of a, an herb, and he says, here, Anna, t take this. And she's like, oh, do I smell it? No, I want you to put it in your mouth. I want you to put it in your mouth. I don't put things I don't know no, that this, are in this my is a, mouth. Is a, uh, it's a mint, so I give her a little bit of mint. Okay. And then as we're walking, I put my hand on her shoulder, and then walk I mutter in my voice, Neth is God of magic. Make pure that which is unclean. And I'm casting restoration. I was about to say, if you're doing healing, it's not going to do anything. I cast restoration, which will lessen a toxin <laughs> as we walk up the stairs. So you took her from drunk to buzzed. Got yes. It. I take her back to buzzed. And she kind of as we walk. Shakes her head a little bit and is like, Dear Lord, that wasn't good. Thank you for indulging. <laughs> we were able to get good information. Oh, well, you will have to tell me all of this in the morning because I, I don't really remember anything. But I, I do, I do vaguely remember the fact that you're the one that got me into this. And I just cleared your head. Are we? Are we? Is this a thing now? Like, whenever you need information out of somebody, are you going to offer myself up as a, con as a drinking buddy? Well, you will last longer than I will. How about next time, instead of a drinking buddy, we do an eating buddy, and I will try and eat more pastries than someone else. That sounds so much better. Pastries I would have versus that alcohol. I know that in the Hell Knights barracks, they serve hot cider. Hot cider no, is... hard. I know, and hot cider is 
totally different. You have one small little thing of that. That's it. And, and like, that's with a meal. And you had me drinking. I had, like, three of those steins before we even had dinner. I know that I have crossed many a hell night who is drunk. <laughs> I don't drink that way. Right. And she gets kind of serious for a second. She's like, I have never lost control like that. Well, good time to start practicing. And you continue just kind of nudge her upstairs. You continue upstairs and go into um, the room, Farmer Magdalene, and um, there's uh, the halflings have all stayed in their room. And uh, outside of their door, you can see there's four of the plates left over and a few trays, a couple of drink cups. And um, as you head into the room that you two will be sharing, um, there is only one bed. And Anna looks at it and give me a perception check. Ooh, only a three. So that's 15. You suck at perceiving things tonight. Yeah, it's only 15. Um, the Matrix will not you, open for me. I oh know, the Matrix does not open for you today. You are not Neo. Uh, but she kind of hesitates slightly and then almost like with resignation takes her shoes off and lays down um, onto the bed and kind of sits back and rolls over to her side. And um, where are you in this room? Where are you? Well, going I'm not in sleep? that room. I'm in the other room, right? You're sleeping with the halflings? So remember, we split up the because there's there's two male halflings, and then two female halflings. We were doing um, a tip with Magdalene and Anna, and then me with um, the other two halflings. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That didn't end up happening. With Brennan and Steve. That didn't end up happening. So who's all in that room? So when the three halflings went up realizing they were going to be split apart if they did that tip pretty much put her foot down and said absolutely freaking not and she went in with brennan and steve and farmer magdalene not wanting to like be alone in the room and also feeling responsibility for them went into their room as well so the the four halflings are in the room and then I and just then walked into the room that's just me and Anna. It's just you and Anna. Oh, boy. As looking around, seeing this. This wasn't intentional. This is just the way they are. Gets uncomfortable for a moment. But Anna's already on the bed, faced away from you. Yeah. Um, as will shrug. Um, they already got her. She's not in armor or anything like that. No, she's, she's already out of her armor. armor. She's in just her normal, um, normal clothes, like a, a larger, uh, like a tunic and a pair of like um, deer leather pants. Like I mean, she's just in normal, her normal clothes. All right, and uh, as is just going to then, uh, you know, slide up into the the corner of the wall, and lean back, and close his eyes, and try and start. Resting as much as you can. Okay. Um, give me. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I will hold. Please hold for station identification as your DM needs to get organized. Mm. 
Nope, I don't. I'm, there's not really a check for this. Um, I think you're straight roll. Well, I'm kind of wanting. What I'm wanting to do is kind of have you roll for like whether or not you're actually being able to get good sleep or not. Yeah, actually, uh, no, that what would be. That? Um, do you want me to do a fortitude? Would that be fortitude? Yeah, okay, fortitude. yeah, let's do that then. Let's do a fortitude save. Eleven. Okay. Uh, plus my uh, fortitude, which is a uh, uh, ten. I should have a plus ten on fortitude. Jeez. Okay, so twenty-one. All right. Um, so you do manage to get yourself into a comfortable position. Um, yeah. Are you by the? Sorry, I missed that. Are you by the door? I kind or... of put myself in the corner facing the door. Okay, um, so like the I doors here, it. the beds here, and you're kind of here. Exactly. Okay. And right, I, awesome. I, this is the way I, I kind of prefer it if I was in this situation. Mm-hmm. I kind of put myself in the corner so I got a shoulder on each side so I can cross my arms and there's a shoulder kind of, uh, wall kind of okay. you know, holding me there in the corner. You're, you're kind of like tripoding it. And I'm just, I'm in adventure explorer's clothes, so I'm in, I'm in comfy clothes. I'm not in any type of armor at all. Yeah, you're super chill. All right, so... You do fall into a fairly restful, surprisingly restful sleep. Actually, knowing as actually what I will do though, um, before to kind of relax me, um, I will set up. I've got a couple candles. I do okay. pull out my candles and I write a couple candles and I pull out my spell book because um, mm-hmm. as has a, a thing to where he does also have spells in a book. Mm-hmm. And so he There's pulls two. out his spell book to start he's just also, kind of reading he's through. He's also a sorcerer. Well, but sorcerers are generally innate magic, but I also have. Uh, I can also learn spells. You're so a magician. I just read through my spell book and kind of study them to just kind of relax myself and go to sleep. All right. So you fall into a surprisingly restful sleep. The long journey so far, the exhaustion of the battle earlier in the day and having to kind of perform in the this evening um, has exhausted you enough that you were able to sleep fairly well um, at one point in the night though uh, you are awoken by a very sharp sound and as you wake up it's you can't place it at first it's not a sound that you're used to hearing <clears throat> specifically being made by this person but you uh, you're quiet for just a second and then you hear again a <laughs> coming from the bed oh wow and suddenly in a flurry of movement Anna sits bolt straight up into bed and she gives one final gasp and the light, the candles are all out now, so it's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, you but don't it, have you don't have your halo, so it's a fairly. It's well, a that's what I'm saying. Halo. As I hear that, and hear her, and and kind of all the movement, I would probably bust my halo out. You bust your halo out. Okay. So I bust my halo out and suddenly, and then cast light, uh, which is just just 20 feet of light around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as but, the light what's, comes, what's going on? as the light comes up, you see. Anna is sitting in bed with her head on a, like in her in her hands she's holding her face and she's completely leaned forward into her knees and she's sitting up and you see the very subtle shake of sobbing coming from her shoulders 
And she doesn't respond to you. Anna? She kind of takes a deep <laughs> breath and looks up at you and... Are you... Val? I'm fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't... I don't need to wake you up. I'm sorry. <clears throat> and she kind of just swings her feet over the side of the bed and just sits there with her hands on the, the side of her face, propping herself up. And I, I imagine at this point I haven't had enough sleep to where it's like it's not end of day or beginning. Of no, it's, it's been of it's been like four hours, so right. it's middle of the night. Um, but she just kind of leans forward and looks over at you and um, says, I, "I really, I'm, I'm." I'm sorry. Um, you can just go back to sleep. It's fine. And the halo will slowly dim. All right. Well. Sleep well. <laughs> yeah, like that's likely. And she's quiet. You hear a little... Um, shuffling around a little bit you assume she's kind of laid back down into um, sleep and then or into the bed and in the darkness you do hear her say as yes can you put your halo on at night even if you are asleep and it comes out you see she's actually rolled toward you um, she's not facing the wall yes I I can alright thank you yeah cause I can I, the duration of it is until the next time you make your daily preparation so you can bring it up and leave so it up so I can keep it up the whole night okay I have to concentrate to make it go away so <laughs> yes I can do so so it comes I... out sheds light in the whole room and he just closes his eyes once again you hear her slightly timid voice the sound that you are not used to hearing in her at all and she says um, I can hear them when I sleep you can hear who? The souls trapped in the crystal. They haunt my dreams. I haven't slept really in in days. Not since we left Rivenel. Or left, excuse me. <laughs> left Chelyax. Left that horrific place tomorrow night is there something I can do to help you sleep but with your charge I do not think we the situation at Enfarak is not something that will be able to be ignored long term. 
I don't think so either. I don't think, I don't, truly, I don't think this is from Phrasma. I just, you didn't hear them. I could not. They were in pain. They were afraid. Did I ever tell you what my master studied? Besides being an evil twit. <laughs> yes, besides that. <laughs> that was not so much a study, more of a, a natural inclination. No, I don't believe you did. My master studied necromancy, but not in the raising the dead, as in the force of life. He would, in many ways, wanted to understand the strength of the human soul, which is why Kuth Waldwin brought him into the investigation. He would find uh, an example of an experiment as he would f take a set of twins, give them both poison, and see who died sooner. That's horrible. And then try and track why one died before the other. And you had to watch this? I had to treat them. So you got to hold the hand of the one that died? In the end, they both died. It's just who died sooner. But he studied the force of life. And that is why Kuth Waldwin wanted his help. He studied the strength of soul. I, with the ambitions Kuth Waldwin has, they are going to need a lot of souls. They're taking this on is, the abyss. This is not going to be limited to Emphorak. This is not going to be limited to Cheliax. Because Waldwin basically declared war on an entire plane. I don't think you understand. He would enforce order here, then go to the other planes. What, you think he's going to take those, those machines of war and he's going to try and enslave the entire world? This is the only way to have enough souls to then take on the abyss. This is not going oh, to God. be small and this will not just include Cheliax. This is not going to be a small, small thing. thing. This is exactly what I needed to, you know, get back to sleep. That's totally fine. <laughs> and she kind of, she kind of like. The reason oh. I say this is that others will notice. It will not be kept quiet for long. Then we absolutely have to tell someone about the hole in the mountain. Yes. The gates. Aridin. If that's another way to get into Ravenel, 
Currently, they think they only have Pezik and the past that was already destroyed. Well, we are... Uh, I know that the Melfound Network knows alchemists and the idea is to blow the hole and cave it in. That is if we can get Farmer Maglin to where she needs to be. <laughs> Which we are far enough. I'm not too concerned. The reason I say this is know that when the time comes to take on that problem, I do not think you will be alone. I hope not. I hope This not. will be for many. Well, anything that can drown out the sounds of their screams in my ears at night. Let's get back to sleep. I'm sorry, I, did, I really didn't mean to wake you. And she then kind of closes her eyes and curls into herself, pulls the fairly thin blanket um, over her body and goes still. While not asleep, she is definitely going to try <laughs> to <laughs> get back to sleep. Lay down and lay back and keep his halo running all night. And with that, I am going to ask Weston to please leave the table. <sighs> you knew it was coming. Some things are only for the audience. Yeah, you can go in the office. It's totally fine. <laughs> now that I have you alone... The man sitting at the desk was half covered in shadow. Only the flickers of a small candelabra lit his face. The moving shadows softened the jagged wound at the side of his neck, but couldn't make it look any less ugly. A knock at the door stopped his hand, writing across the page. Come, he said. The door opened on silent hinges. However, the two figure, the three figures beyond, are anything but silent. A man walks into the room, chains are swinging from his belt. The armor hits the ground with the rough clunk clunk with every step, while the great sword at his back peeks menacingly over his shoulders. A single move, and it would be in his hands. Ah. The, mas the man behind the desk stands, Master of Blades, Mardinus. So good of you to come on such short notice, and you've brought your companions. Mardinus nods and says, Titus. His voice is very deep, short, and to the point. Behind him, stepping into the room, are two additional Hell Knights, dressed in similar armor with only two chains hanging down from their left sides, signifying their high station in the order of the chain. We received your message and came, as requested. He motions to the two people behind him, Sandera and Adam, my best. Sandera, a woman a few sh inches shorter than Mardinus's six feet. She has long features with a sloping jaw and high cheekbones, 
And she would be beautiful if it weren't for the massive scarring on her face in the form of three large claws marking her from eyebrow to chin. Adam, a beast of a man standing well over six foot five. As a follower of Zon Kuthan, his devotion show on his skin. His face and hands are scarred by thousands of small cuts made over time, all at different stages of healing. Titus reaches across the desk and hands Mardinus a single folder. Mardinus takes it and flips it open to reveal two pages. The first shows a young tiefling woman, light skin, two small black horns, and a list of known abilities and skills beneath. The second shows a portrait of a white-haired man, beautiful to see, dressed in common slave robes, eyes downcast. Mardinus hands the papers to Sandera, then turns back to Titus. These are the runaway slaves. This one, he points to the young woman, is dressed as a hell knight. A light voice pipes from the shadowed corner where he'd been lurking. Yes, she is a hell knight. From this order, in fact. And out of the shadows comes a white-skinned, white-haired gnome, Kuthwaldwen. But it isn't the woman we need. It's the man. He hid something from me, something that is rightfully mine, and I want it back, Titus says. And what would that be? Mardinus asks. Titus pauses for a moment, thinking, before continuing. His magic. All right, guys, that is going to be it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I, it's just me doing the closeout tonight. So um, I hope you have a, had a wonderful time. Thanks for coming. And Weston is coming back now. I didn't yell. I didn't know you wanted me to yell. He wanted me to yell. I didn't know he wanted me to yell. Yell! <laughs> um, All right. So are we, is that, are we closing out tonight? We are done. We just finished. <sighs> so do not say anything to Weston if you follow him on the socials about what just happened. Um, and he's good enough that I know he will not go. Um, watch find, the replay? He will not go <laughs> watch the replay and find out what just happened. Uh. Um but thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy that you could be here. It's super fun to be able to sit and play this game. And I've got to say, I think tonight was my funnest night that we have played so far on this story arc. So I'm so thankful that you could be with us. Remember to subscribe. 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 You can use your Amazon Prime account, link it to your Twitch account, and get a free subscription to our channel. In case you didn't figure that out the first two times we talked about it. Um, but yes, yeah, so go ahead um, I want to do the watch party. I want to do the watch party. I know. I want to do the watch party, too. Um, we didn't do that poll this week. We will do it next week, however, um, between the two different movies. And we'll be doing that for the watch party. But um, yeah. I think that's about it. We will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, it only takes two. Good night, guys.